Welcome back. We are back with another edition, an in-season edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Dabari, my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, and of course, our friends at Expand the Box Score. So, it's finally finally come and gone. Week one is here and done. We uh, lived through it, survived it. You and I were just laughing about some of our dog shit records in a few leagues already in these playoffs where combined, you and I are one and uh, 141, I think. <laughs> well, at least you got that win, Johnny. Yeah, Ooh. I blame Aaron Rodgers. As I told you before, we went live single-handedly. Just ruined my uh, drafting with Giants draft, but you know, we'll we'll keep fighting. You know, much like the Packers, only only one place to go from here. I'll play guys. So, quick thing that I mentioned the Packers. That was kind of what I scampered off before we started to get a little note I had uh, dropped somewhere to make sure I had the teams correctly. Talking about the Packers sucking, a few teams people expected a lot from kind of sucked right out of the gate. Do you know what the Rams, Bengals, Packers, and Broncos have in common? Rams, Bengals, Broncos, and Packers? Yep. Rams, Bengals. Besides looking like shit and laying an egg in week one. Uh... Division winners that lost the opener the next season? They were the four teams that did not play offensive starters in the preseason. Uh, dude, you know how I feel about that. I am <laughs> like, hey, I get it. Don't suck <laughs> at people hurt. But also, you know, there's I that's what I was ranting about Allen Robinson. How many passes did Matt Stafford throw down Robinson? Not a lot, and none in competitive game action. Zero. So of course he throws everyone to Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby because those are the guys he's comfortable with. Like, of course, that's what happens. When you're under siege from the Bills' defense, you're not fucking looking at Allen Robinson. You were paying attention to the two guys that you know what route they're going to run. That's it. Do do you think one week of practice is going to get any of those four teams in sync? I think they'll be better, but there's a pretty good case to be made to bet against all of them next week. Um, I mean, well, let's – Real quick, uh, Colts uh, at the Jaguars. They should win. Who's at the Jags? They went to Colts, one of the teams you said? No, Rams. Ah, Rams, totally, Bengals, totally Packers, totally Broncos. Broncos. Oh, okay, the Broncos. All right, so uh, Rams are home against Falcons. They're 10.5-point favorites. Yeah, they'll get it right. Broncos home against the Texans. They're 10-point favorites. Yeah, they'll get it right. I don't Bengals, like laying 10 for either Be- one of them. Bengals on the road at the Cooper Rush-led Dallas Cowboys. They're 7.5-point uh favorites they're gonna win and who was the last one the packers yeah packers are home against the bears they're 10 point favorites every all four of those teams are touchdowns plus favorites three of the four of them are at home so yes they will all get it right it probably won't be the way we want them to get it right but yes they'll they'll all get it right this week put put them on a all four bet against them on a super teaser give me the other teams getting 17 17 17 and 14 uh, you just really you didn't take Cooper Rush, those Cowboys, with just over two touchdowns. You do not. Yeah. There's, there's no way you feel comfortable about that. Nah, you know I I get you're playing the odds here and you're pushing. Well, yeah, high spread, but you you don't. It, that's that's still probably the one in question, right? And they're the only home team. Triple cover, Michael Parsons. Literally, just block him. You don't have to block anyone else, but you have to block him with three people. And then just exploit the rest of that secondary. 
or let Joe Mixon just start teeing off on him like Leonard Fournette was in the game, which I thought was tremendous. Now they're going back and forth on Twitter, which is even better. Funny. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Also, you have a fun stat. I have a fun stat too. Six of the 16 games hit the over. Oh, ten. Dud. Ten like under. I said, this week sucked. <laughs> I said under on all of them. You'd be up four units, but 100 a game if you had the 1,600 on hand. And, of course, I got to sweat out the biggest total of the week with my Eagles literally having to convert a fourth and one on a quarterback sneak around midfield to beat the them them upstarty hard knocks Lions who we couldn't stop the run to save our lives and didn't put Jordan Davis in nearly enough, in my opinion. But this is an IDP podcast. So, yeah, I had that six of 16 overs. And then I also have a few little nuggets here that the AFC South is winless. The AFC North, Cincinnati, Super Bowl uh, uh, participants are the only L in the AFC North. And the NFC East, (laughs) got to say it, the Dallas Cowboys are the only team with a loss. The more surprising thing is that the Giants and Commanders both won. And that in the NFC West, your Seattle Seahawks (laughs) are in solo first place. 1-0, baby. rest of the division laying a goose egg. In the opener, they can't beat the well. The Bills justifiable, Chiefs justifiable. Niners can't get it done in a monsoon against the Chicago Bears. A run-based attack with a superior defense can't win in adverse conditions. Hmm. Hmm. Get Garoppolo warmed up. Hmm. Makes you say hmm. Yeah. So shitty first week. Glad it's over. Thursday night football, Chargers, Chiefs. We're not big Thursday night football proponents. Thinks it compromises the quality, but it's early in the season. Unfortunately, sounds like Keenan Allen's not going to play. It's hamstring. It's a short week. But other than that, it's all systems go for all these fantasy viable weapons in that AFC West. Real quick, you mentioned Keenan Allen, and you started your your rant with Dallas. So Allen tugged his hamstring a tad there. And we got uh, Dak obviously missing what they initially said six to eight weeks. And now they're saying four. They're not even putting him on injured reserve, which I think if they learned anything from Seattle rushing Russell Wilson back last year, probably a bad idea. But we'll we'll discuss that later. Any other uh, injuries of significance you wanted to touch on before we keep going with this week? Yeah, listen, delusional Jerry Jones, right? He just. He tried the same shit with Tyron Smith where, it, you know, he'll be back this year. And now it's Dak, a quarterback with a broken thumb. He He's not playing in four weeks. <laughs> it's not happening. It's on his throwing hand. It's Come on, Jer. Whether you want to arm or not, I don't give a shit what you do with your roster spots. Dak, I think they have a bye week in even in week seven. He is not playing until after their bye. He's out for at least the next seven games. Week eight, their game eight, I think, is their bye, and he can come back after that if there's anything to come back to. I put a tweet out the other day with their after the injury with their schedule. Best case scenario, and it's not a tough schedule. I see them going two and five in those seven games, so it'll be a two and six team when he comes back. They would almost have to run the table after that to be a playoff contender, and they're not that good. I mean, they'll be good enough that he'll be for in for a few games, but then they hit the hard, they hit the meat of their schedule. After that buy, where I'm pretty sure they have the bills, and I'm, I'm actually going to bring this up real quick. I know we're on a, I'm on a tangent here, but after the buy, 
Packers, Vikings, Giants, Colts, Texans, Jaguars, Eagles, Titans, Commanders. So maybe not as bad. <laughs> maybe not as bad as thought. Their schedule wasn't tough. That's the funny thing. They they after the Bucks, Bengals, tough game. But then they get at Giants versus Commanders, at Rams, at Eagles versus Lions versus Bears. I mean, Rams have shown chinks. Eagles need to get their defense together. Giants, Commanders, division games, they both should win. Lions, winnable game. Bears, they should win. I don't think they win more than two of those games now going through the bye. And then they have to do Packers, Vikings, both on the road coming out of that bye. Even if they split there, they're a three and eight team. It's, it's essentially over. I just, I, their season's over, in my opinion. Uh, they were a bad team with Dak. And I, just, I was expressing that before. Their offensive line isn't what it used to be. Zeke's old. They have one receiver of significance. And their defense is literally Micah Parsons and not a lot else. Like Marcus Lawrence, decent. Trayvon Diggs. Get some interceptions, but their defense isn't good either. They're just going to get steamrolled for the next several yeah, weeks. You'd mentioned their bye week, and that was the first thing I looked at. And you look at the injury and the timeline. You go, well, you you bake that in, and you keep him out through the bye, and then he has an extra week to prepare. And, yeah, well, I don't know what they're clinging to. it. And, I mean, a lot of teams do it. At some point, you have to go, even if it is week one, and I know that sucks, you have to go, well – Guess and the bu- lost year. Yeah, and John, the bye week is only the eighth week. I mean, so that's Perfect. at that long threshold. So, yeah, why do, why do six weeks and bring him back? Like, I guess if he's good to go, you figure you can clip the lines and bears potentially and get things back on track. But you also mm-hmm. ruin, ruin risk, re-injury, and permanent damage yeah. to the thumb. I mean, so it's, it's going to be tough because they have three division games and the Rams along with the Bengals in their next five. So all high-value games that they now will likely be – they'll definitely be because they're at Giants in that game. They're going to be the underdog through the Lions game. They might be a favorite against the Bears at home, potentially with or without Dak, but they're going to be the underdog for the next six weeks. And rightfully yeah. so. They probably would have been underdog for four of those six with Dak. Yeah. So. It- <laughs> The the, uh, the big thing, too, like, uh, you know, we, we kind of pivot to redraft now this time of year. When they say Dak was out eight weeks, I he's definitely droppable. Mm-hmm. Four weeks now that they're full of shit, but we'll pretend they're telling the truth. Four weeks, he's coming back. Are you dropping him? I, I think I would just from what I learned a year ago. I mean, obviously, you'd need a suitable uh, fill-in. But if if he's anything like injured Russell Wilson was a year ago. He's not even going to be that good when he comes back. I, I don't, I think you're clogging up a roster spot and you don't have an injured reserve spot to put him on. Cause they're not putting him on IR. So not, not good. Not good at all. Yeah. I mean, just to talk about that real quick, cause I play in exactly one redraft league. Now I've watched my life a redraft. I'm pure dynasty. This is just a legacy league. I drafted Dak and Yahoo allows you to put him on IR when he's designated out. So he's on my IR because mm. I do I do have yeah. him. Uh, I made the mistake of drafting him and Russell Wilson who have the same bye week, which may not present a problem now that Dak will probably be on the IR through that bye week. So I'll have to add another quarterback anyway. But they do allow you, anyone that is out, to get put on their IR. So check your roster settings because certainly if you can IR him, that's an easy decision. If they don't IR him and you can't, then you have to determine if it's worth eating up a roster spot 
for the next several weeks, knowing that the early portion of the season, there's really no buys. So you're not having to really lean into bench depth to set starting lineups. Yeah. So maybe you give it a week or two and kind of see where you're at and see if you get any reports on Dak and then pull the trigger. But I fully expect him to miss the six to eight weeks, which is the more than half of the fantasy season. And then what are you expecting from him when he comes back? I mean, he's, He's now had a catastrophic ankle injury. He's now had a thumb injury to his throwing hand. His offensive line has been decimated, and he has precious little talent at the wide receiver position. I mean, Gallup will be back eventually. Maybe James Washington, I think, should be back potentially as well. And maybe Jalen Tolbert's not a healthy scratch because what the fuck? But it's not good. It's not good, Bob. Yeah. So I don't know, only other injuries that were of any interest – uh, your boy Chris Godwin. Came say, he- heavy interest. It was the hamstring. I was terrified on that play. He like pivoted around and had to like extend stretch. I'm like, in my head, I'm already like, he shouldn't have been in this game. <laughs> There's, I get it. You want to get him, you know, game action. Yeah, I I don't know when you do it, but the dude didn't play all preseason, you know. And then like, it's it's a different beast. Week one, yeah. I just. Whether you needed him or not, you, you don't rush that back. A lot of people are surprised he didn't even go on the pup. So like just like force him in a game action. And it's probably a compensation injury, you know, with the hamstring uh, over everything else. I don't know if it's even the same knee. I didn't look at that, but I wasn't. I I didn't start him anywhere, and I have a ton of places. You know, I didn't yeah. start him anywhere, and I had hoped. I was hoping that they made him inactive. That that was my hope. Yeah, and, and then they ramped up his his activity in in practice for week two, or you know. Put them on a plan. Don't just turn them loose in the regular season. I, I did not agree with that, but yes. Chris that, Godwin hamstring. I think that's it for offense. A couple of key IDP guys were, were lost. Mm, before you go, Najee supposedly re-aggravated to Liz Frank, throwing his shoe on the sideline, and right. you know, and but but yeah, he's playing week two. So nothing to fear, Steelers fans. I, I'm thinking it's gonna be a Zeke thing. I like last year. I, I don't think he's gonna be I think he's going to be hurt all year and he's going to have surgery the, as soon as their season is over. So. And it is going to tremendously impact him. Oh, yeah. It's curtains. Yeah. I would be – It's it might be trade Najee mm-hmm. time. <laughs> uh, yeah, listen, if he, if, if he bangs out a, a good week in week two, who, who are they playing? Uh, they're home against the Steelers. They're only a one-and-a-half They're, they're the Steelers. Dog? Oh, they're home against Patriots. They're only a one-and-a-half-point dog at home. Just lost TJ Watt, too. Man. And there's another one. I think six weeks. I don't. We got to love these accelerated times. Do tours peck. Wrap it up, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be important. Yeah. When you're just pressing off a 350 pound lineman every single fucking snap. Nah. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? It's already torn. What what else can you do to it? Yeah. Reattach it in the offseason. So then that's about all the important stuff. Jamal Adams got carted off the field. I didn't see an update there. Oh, carted off. I knew he, I, I didn't watch the game last night at all. I, I reserved myself that Monday night, I'm taking Monday nights off unless it's a must I don't have ESPN. It, it happened to be on ABC, but I, I can, I, I can, I can find my way into ESPN if I need to. I still, I felt no desire to watch that game last night. And then I saw the box score today and I was correct. Did I call him Jamal I, Williams? You might have, but I knew you meant Jamal Adams. I have him in a key IDP league I'm in and I saw out. I carted off is obviously worse than just out. So that's cool. It says serious 
quad tendon injury. Looking at Rappaport uh, yeah, awesome. torn quad. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's, that's cool. The year. Bye bye. Yeah. Well, maybe they won't put him on IR either because that's not what teams do anymore. Terrible fucking trade. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, well, all right. That was terrible with a healthy quad. <laughs> so yeah, but they got all those picks back for Russell hey, Wilson. Quandre Diggs. It's going to be even more awesome in IDP. So that kind of concludes our quick recap of week one. Little little upsets, a little weird stuff. Not a ton on the injury front, but the ones we had were significant. And there'll be there'll be more this week. So <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I mean no no key running backs went down at all. Najee. He yeah okay well he dun, played dun, and he's coming dun. back like down down no no one went down bad as the cool right. kids say so all right but it's early it is tis tis you ready to dive into this new awesome format <laughs> where we even got emojis about the shit we're doing it's so cool you know so yeah the plan is for for people who didn't listen last week kind of our preview show we're gonna go through anything significant in in uh player snap totals or routes run or targets kind of looking for any outliers or guys that are maybe getting a little more work than we thought they were and kind of we'll be tracking it throughout the year too so we can kind of see who's trending up trending down how those things are going obviously one week there's not a a ton of information to see which direction they're trending, but there were a few surprises and outliers. So if this continues through week two for some of these guys, it's definitely going to be important for fantasy. There you go. There you go. I like it. I just realized the Detroit Lions were the third highest scoring team of week one as well. I watched the game and knew they scored a lot, but didn't really put two and two together. Only the Chiefs and the Eagles scored more points than the Detroit Lions. It's like that. It's like they got the fantasy screw. Where you're the second highest scoring team, and you lose. You play the uh, top score. Love when that happens. Do do league average, league whatever median, whatever. So yeah, we're just. I think the plan is just to kind of go through divisions and speak of any outliers there. So I'll I'll start off with just go AFC first. I'll do AFC East just because that's how. Most places do it, even though I like my north, south, east, west. Running back, not really surprising. I know going into it with, uh, I don't know if I said Miami, but I'm starting with Miami. Mostert coming over with uh, McDaniel at at, at head coach. You thought he might get a little more work because he's familiar with the system, but Edmonds outsnapped him 63 to 42%. Not much there. That's a surprise. It's good to see Edmonds. He he got a lot of work. he ran 21 routes also to Mostert's 13. He had uh, 12 carries to Mostert's five. So Edmonds has the, the lead role right now pretty convincingly. Wide receiver, much like we thought, Hill and Jalen Waddle had the exact same amount of snaps. Waddle had five targets, but they were better targets. He did get in the end zone on 28 routes run, whereas Hill, uh, 12 targets on 31 routes run. So Hill's the clear alpha, but, I, man, I Waddle's going to have a lot better matchups than Hill all year, and I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe maybe receptions just based on volume and yardage, Hill's going to get the edge, but I think Waddle's going to end up with more touchdowns because he's going to get better looks and he's going to have a lot more big plays. That's about it. The interesting one we were kind of talking about before we started recording, tight end. 
Durham Smythe outsnap Mike Mike Gesecki. Targets Gesecki. I'm sorry, routes run. Gesecki had 16 to Smythe's 13. I don't think either one of them is actually going to be a piece of this offense. But I would be trading Gesecki immediately in Dynasty. And if I had him in redraft, I think he is droppable. Yeah, tight end was a disaster week one, just like all of week one was. Gesecki with a Sterling, one target, one catch, one yard. The, the trifecta of suck for Gasecki. Yeah, I mean, not a lot to see here. I mean, you, you knew they were going to fe- force feed Tyreek Hill. I mean, it wasn't the, the bombs, but it was the volume for him. And then it was nice to see that Edmonds didn't get the lion's share of the work. Didn't produce in week one, but, but better days are ahead for Chase Edmonds. Yeah, moving down to Buffalo. Not a big surprise. Singletary was the main back. Zach Moss got 37% snaps, which was... Pretty unforeseen. I think a lot of people started to write him off, but he, he had a pretty good. decent game. Yeah, six <laughs> targets and six carries. He's definitely, in most dynasty leagues, he's already rostered, but he's worth maybe stash on your roster. Uh, it, your your boy, Gabe Davis, one of the craziest things I saw, 98% snap share. That boy never came off the field. He ended up, uh, he ran 38 routes to Diggs' is 30, but he only had five targets, whereas Diggs had nine. So Diggs is still the number one, although Gabe Davis is heavily involved in a, in a super effective passing offense. So that was kind of interesting and worth noting. Knox is obviously the starter there and got the lion's share of the snaps and the targets. Um, not too much to go into there. Not surprising. Crowder and McKenzie, uh, Crowder had 31% snaps. McKenzie had 44. So McKenzie was on the field more, but Crowder got more targets. Even though he only ran 12 routes, he got four targets to McKenzie's three. So Crowder may be emerging a bit there. Yeah, on that more efficient anyway. Yeah, I I thought that I thought all all the players kind of just look like he was maximizing them. And it's crazy that I, I thought Moss looked good in the game and his stats are, are junk other than his six targets. He was second in the team in targets, but didn't, didn't do anything with his touches. But I feel like watching him in the game, he looked good. But continuing the tight end suck narrative, Dawson Knox had two targets, one catch, five yards. I mean, it's just these guys are both, I got to think, ADP top 12 drafted tight ends in, in redraft this year, and they combined for two catches for six yards. I mean, it's just it was a rough start uh, yeah, I think, for, I think for Knox tight ends. Yeah, he was 10. Yeah, Gabe Davis only getting five targets. I mean, Josh Allen only threw it 31 times, which is nuts because it seemed like he was throwing it every time he dropped back in the first half. But they ended up running it 25 times, which is not what we've seen from Buffalo in in the last few years. So I do think there's going to be 40 pass attempt Josh Allen days. And when there are, it's going to be eight target Gabe Davis days. And, you know, Gabe Davis was a slight underthrow from Josh Allen from a two touchdown game. I mean, he had the guy burn on the deep ball and Josh Allen just didn't lead him uh, enough on it. It would have been an easy walk in for his second touchdown. So love to see what Gabe did first week. And hopefully some teams can start putting up points on them to really make them have to put their foot on the foot on the pedal because the Rams sure shit didn't do it on Thursday night. You, you mentioned how many times Buffalo threw the ball. You were a little surprised. Uh, Jets threw the ball. 59 times. Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco. <laughs> was out there firing the ball. The the cra- One of the craziest things I found going through all these numbers. Do you know, I, as far as I know, I didn't go through the NFC because that's going to be your domain. Elijah Moore ran 55 routes this week. 
89% snap share. So he played 75 snaps. It was 89%. 55 routes. He was the leader in the clubhouse as of uh, the AFC side of things. Corey Davis, surprisingly, 68% uh, snap share, and he had 42 routes run. So a little more involved there. Garrett Wilson, not as much as the other guys. So it's it's Elijah Moore and Davis as long as Flacco is in there. And then Carter and Brees Hall kind of split the work. Um, Mike Carter, 60% snaps, Brees Hall, 45, but uh, routes run, uh, they were at 26 apiece, and they they both, they both were two of the top targeted running backs, too. Hall had 10, Carter had 9, Carter had 10 carries to Brees Hall, 6. So it, if this keeps up, this is a pretty good distribution tree for fantasy. It's going to four players and four players only, which is nice. Well, I mean, Garrett Wilson out-targeted Elijah Moore. Garrett Wilson had eight targets on the week. So the rookie out-targeted Elijah got that dog in him more, which I didn't like to see for all the routes that he ran. I don't know how many routes Garrett Wilson ran, but he did out-target him. What was most surprising was those running back targets because that's not really Flacco's bag. So to see that he threw, what would you say, 19 targets to the running back position? Correct. I mean, that's that's bonkers. Let's don't don't assume that in the future. One, they just don't want to throw it fifty nine times a game. They sure as shit won't be doing that when old Zachy, Grandma Banger Wilson comes back. <laughs> Speaking of shit shows, let's move on to the New England Patriots, who were just as terrible as everybody thought. Very, you know, every the the talk all off season was Ramondre Stevenson taking over the starting role. He was outsnapped by both Damian Harris and Ty Montgomery. And Tymo had a decent game. We're seeing him. How, how Patriots is that Montgomery being like the guy? Yeah, I mean, this is what they want to do, you know, and that's yeah. why they brought him in after White was gone. They just he got hurt late in the preseason, so there was thought that. Stevenson might fall into that pass catching role as well. I mean, and the passing role was four targets to Ty Montgomery, three for 15. He just happened to get in the end zone. So good enough day. He was the the best fantasy running back for the team, but it's just because neither of those two other guys got in the end zone. So it was a dud day for the rushing game. They averaged yes. three and a half yards per carry. And wide yuck. receiver was also quite yuck. Uh, Devontae Parker, 100% snap share. However, that bum – uh, ran 33 routes, and he turned that into two targets. Yep. So thanks one, for nothing. One, one catch for nine yards. They must have thought he was a tight end in week one. <laughs> yeah, and, and then they didn't use Kendrick Bourne at all. He ran, he ran two routes. Oh, they hate Kendrick Bourne. <laughs> and he caught a, a big play. Yeah. Uh, Myers obviously led him with, with 31 routes run, six targets. Aguilar, 18, five targets on 18 routes run, so percentage-wise pretty efficient. Uh, yeah, this is uh, – even when Brady was there, a large part of the time it was fantasy wasteland except for him. That continues to be the case, and they suck. So th- this team is trashola. Yep, big suck. What I will say, uh, John o. Smith won, Hunter Henry zero as far as fantasy points from the Patriots tight ends are, are concerned. Not total, but he won the fantasy points game. I know you're looking down like, what the fuck just happened? John o. Smith, out No, you're right. Hunter Henry. But Hunter Henry, yeah, 29 routes run to Janu 17. Janu four targets. Hunter Henry three. Uh, Henry is touchdowns or bust. Janu is more athletic. But whole yeah. team is nuts. <laughs> All right, was that all four in East? That was four. All right, I guess we're going to, you know, it's alphabetical order because that's how the NFL.com does it, right? East, north, south, west. 
Is that yes. right? All right. I'm going to pick the pace up a little bit here. All right. Starting with the Cowboys. They suck. The whole team sucks. Dax hurt. Season's over. We already talked about that in, in the intro. CD Lamb played 97.1% of snaps, saw 11 targets, had two catches. Absolute dud egg from CD Lamb. And now he's going to be catching passes from Cooper Rush for the next six to eight weeks conservatively. And CD Lamb went from what I believe to be a clear wide receiver one to a borderline probably wide receiver two, three, like clearly dropping a dozen plus. I mean, the, the DK Metcalf epic fall from Russell Wilson down to Geno Smith, similarly placed on CD lamb's shoulders. Right Every now. once in a while though, these shitty quarterbacks just over the top pepper. This number one, 11 targets for CD lamb. Okay. Some of them came from Cooper rush. He caught two of them. It's just not good. This is a whole Dallas issue, not just a CD lamb issue. Zeke had, uh, of the snaps while Pollard had 55% of the snaps. So on the field at some points, pretty much split the baby. Both had two targets in the game. Zeke had a 60% opportunity share to Pollard's 40%. So 60-40 split. Not what you want to hear as a Zeke owner. And Pollard just didn't get it done because none of what he saw were targets. He was getting rushing opportunities. He needs to be split out and he needs to be starting to see six, eight targets for this offense relatively quick. Dalton Schultz, 100% snap count, got nine targets. Still isn't really going to matter. I mean, better better than what the other tight ends we discussed so far have done. And again, he will be force-fed volume from Cooper Rush in the short term. And I think they'll be behind, so they'll be throwing a lot. So maybe better days are ahead for most of these pass catchers, but the quality is going to be diminished as far as the Cowboys are concerned. Moving to the Giants, unless you want to you know, throw another shovel of dirt on the Cowboys. Nope, you're good, even though you're on mute. Good. So for the Giants, uh, Saquon Barkley, 83% uh, snap count, saw seven targets, six for 30, nothing special, but a 76% opportunity share looked like the old Saquon Barkley. This entire offense is going to be run through him through hell or high water, and he looked vintage, amazing Saquon Barkley, like RB1 overall upside Saquon Barkley if he can remain healthy because no one else is taking touches from him. Your boy Matt Breda is not threatening any value touches from Saquon. And then the only other one of significance was Kadarius Tony, 12% snap rate, zero targets. They did give him two carries, and he had 23 yards on those two carries. So it just, again, shows an explosive playmaker who can make people miss. When he has the ball in his hands, he must be the absolute biggest asshole in the history of assholes. And you've mentioned quite a few that you've interacted with and that you hear things about yours. What the fuck? They're still propping up the corpse of Kenny Galladay out there. They're still you know, back from an Achilles Sterling Shepard who did have a nice touchdown in the game. They're putting Wanda Robinson. He gets hurt. And then who is it? It's Richie James. It's still not Kadarius Tony. Like he's their wide receiver five right now, apparently. And he's their, he's just their gadget guy. That's just bonkers to me. Goes to show that all the preseason shit was true. They did not want him on this team. They were trying to trade him and couldn't find any takers for the first round purchase price they used a year ago. And now it seems like Dayball's stuck with him. And wants nothing to do with him, like willing to shelf him in spite of him being the most talented pass catcher they have for whatever the other shit is. Just d- disasters coming for the Giants. Kudos on the emotional week one victory against the overrated, clearly overrated Tennessee Titans that I shot in the back, took behind the barn and shot before the season started. But 
darker days are coming for that entire Giants offense. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's a chance we're totally wrong, but <laughs> I think they suck. Yeah, no, they they suck. This was this was as much week one fast and loose as it was the Titans not being the team that they've even just been in the last several years. Moving down to my Eagles, second highest scoring team of the week, 38 offensive points scored in a variety of ways. All three running backs scored rushing touchdowns, and so did Jalen Hurts. He did not throw a touchdown, although we saw a ton of opportunity go A.J. Brown's way. So as far as snap shares are concerned, 52% to Sanders, 30% for Scott, or sorry, 30% for Gamewell, 18% for Scott. So they were all productive in their own way. Sanders looked great, but RBBC, it's just if you get a touchdown, good for you. If you don't, it's going to be a bad fantasy week for for any of those guys barring an injury. Devonta Smith was on the field for 96% of the snaps and saw four targets. Just disaster week one for him. Sirianna has already come out and said we need to get on the ball. Of course they did because they – Totally ignored him in week one because it was show off our shiny new toy. A.J. Brown played 87% of snaps, saw 13 targets, which represented 72% of all wide receiver targets on the week for those Eagles. It was A.J. Brown and run the ball. That was it for for this Eagles offense, and that's what it's going to continue to be for the foreseeable future. It's narrow. Devonta Smith is, best case, a wide receiver three, four. Yeah. At this point, he's never going to get volume. He's going to need to get a touchdown to return any value. That's not even talking about Dallas Goddard being largely mar- marginalized in this offense, too. They just, they're still, they still don't want to throw the ball. They still want to be run first. The shit they did in the preseason was a fucking lie. They're lying. They throw people off the scent, you know, get Eagles fans irrationally excited because it's not what they want to be. I'm t- I mean, I don't know how Jalen Hurts got the 32 passes on, on the week, but four targets to Goddard. Four targets to Gainwell, four targets to Devonta Smith. I mean, that's the that's the the non AJ Brown pass catchers. Yeah, you're gonna live off four four or five targets a week. Good yeah. luck. Not good for not good for fantasy. No, and they tried to lose the game too. So get your shit together. <laughs> Last Washington Commanders, Gibby, Gibby just came out. No, cut the crotch out of his. Football shorts, just so Rivera to see is nuts the entire game because my man is just badass. Sixty-two for sixty-four percent snap share. Saw eight targets on the on the week. Seven for seventy-two. Countless times referenced is looking like a wide receiver out there because he played wide receiver in college. He's fucking amazing. They never want to use him that way. It takes this litany of shit happening for them to forcibly have to use him as this dynamic, versatile <laughs> weapon. Literally, you had to shoot someone. <laughs> you know, like Brian Robson, hope you heal soon. But Rivera just needs to get his head out of his ancient asshole and realize, like, this is your best talent in the backfield, and he needs to get touches and targets. Stop giving J.D. McKissick value opportunities. He's still playing all, like, the third down shit and, you know, two-minute drills. Three for 20 on three targets. Okay. If Gibson gets hurt, there you go. You got McKissick. But spare me. Use get let Brian Robson get these between the tackles rushes when he comes back and do great. And then use Gibson like you're using fucking JD McKissick right now. Like push it down the line. Gibson will be amazing in like a six to eight carry, five to six target role every single week. He'll be amazing. So 69% opportunity share for Gibson, only an 18% opportunity share for McKissick. And that's because Curtis Samuel stole a bunch of the carries uh, on the week. Curtis Samuel, 71%. 
snap share, 11 targets, um, which was 50% of all wide receiver targets, and he got four carries on the week. Found a way to fumble, but still scored a touchdown. Looked like they're trying to leverage him as well. Like Why they brought him in last year was to bring kind of more dynamic aspects to their offense, and they really tried to use it with uh, Curtis Samuel in week one. That, that's it, right? That everybody? Oh, done. And in Washington? That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm trying to fucking do the alphabet in my head. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I don't think it. I don't know that they were in alphabetical order. They're, they were not. I I'm like Cowboys, Eagles, Coward, Commanders. I, I don't know what, what order by I use. It's by city in alphabetical order. Yeah, whatever. AFC North, uh, starting with Pittsburgh. We, we mentioned Ajay at the top. Uh, Warren, Jalen Warren, 37% snap share. Kind of surprising a bit. I mean, even with the injuries, but he, he's the clear number two. I mean, we're going to talk about waiver wires, but that guy, if he isn't snatched up, he, he is the number two. But wide receiver, uh, interesting enough, Chase Claypool got some work as a running back. He had six carries. <laughs> Jalen Warren, who I just talked about, only had three. So Claypool, you know, maybe in this Cordell Patterson kind of hybrid role, he's worth throwing a flyer on if you could throw some trade offers out because if Harris is banged up all year, it looks like Claypool might be kind of this hybrid role, get some work guy. He saw a 92% snap share because he was playing out of the backfield. Deontay Johnson, 81% snap share, picking 71%. However, only three targets. So don't like that. Um, Deontay Johnson did get 12 targets. I'm expecting he's been a target monster. It looks like it's going to continue with Trubisky there. Uh, Fairmouth had 10 targets on an 89% snap share, which I was also happy to see. Those are the guys I have the most of in this Pittsburgh offense. So with Trubisky in there, as long as it's going through Fairmouth and Deontay, that makes me happy. Moving on to Baltimore. Uh, super. <laughs> First off, Mitch Trubisky stinks. Correct. Like the, the, the fact that they got that win is only going to delay them bringing Pickett in. I mean, Trubisky just looked like you didn't want to win the game for them for most of this game. And for some reason, the Bengals just kept helping them out. So two, two time playoff berth, Mitch Trubisky, uh, Baltimore, Patrick Ricard, fullback led them uh, with snaps out of the backfield. 64% to newly acquired Kenyon Drake with 33 snaps. Good enough for 59%. Second was justice Hill. Hey, Mike Davis, kick rocks on your seven snaps. No interest at all. That guy stinks. Drake ended up with um, 11 carries and only one target. So until Dobbins is healthy, somehow Drake has locked up this number one spot uh, for wide receiver and tight end because I'll throw Mark Andrews in there. Andrews, 84% snap share. Uh, Isaiah Likely, everyone was high on 45. I Likely had four targets on those 25 snaps. No catches, though. So... You're going to have the growing pains with a, a rookie tight end, but he's worth keeping on your radar at this point. Um, but, yeah, back to, to wide receivers. Bateman, 25 routes run. Duvernay, despite two touchdowns, only 18 routes run. Demarcus Robinson right behind him at 17. As far as snaps, Bateman, 66%. Duvernay, 52 Robinson, 45 It's just not a volume-based offensive attack. So, 30, 30 pass attempts, 21 running attempts. It's going to be hard to trust any of these guys week in and week out aside from Andrews. So I'm not interested in 
any part of this Baltimore offense besides Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. Yeah, I mean, somehow the Jets threw it 59 times but posed no threat in this entire game. So the Ravens just didn't have to do anything. Really inept. 21-63 rushing for these Ravens. Ugh, I don't even care. Like they did, they did better with Latavius Murray and Devonta Freeman last year. So, what's going on here? And I'm looking right at Lamar Jackson, six for seventeen, rushing. My man wants the new contract. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. I don't think we're going to see. Nope. Fast and loose, Lamar Jackson. Nope. Fifty, sixty rushing yards per game, putting himself in harm's way. Nope. Nope. But hey, he still did it from the pocket. Three touchdown passes on thirty attempts. Good enough, but the temper expectations, unless they get in some real shootouts and, you know, he just lets, uh, you know, kind of the adrenaline take over and scramble a little bit. But I think he's going to be a lot more pointed with pulling it down than he would be and than he was in years past. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Browns, not big surprises out of the backfield. Pretty much a even split. They were on the field quite a bit. Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, 56 and 53% respectively. But wide receiver, a little more interesting. Donovan Peoples-Jones, equal amount of snaps as Amari Cooper, both on the field for 83% of the snaps. Peoples-Jones, 35 routes run to Cooper's 34, but 11 targets to Cooper's six. And Cooper, of course, more or less laid an egg, turning those six targets to three receptions for 17. That guy stinks. Hey, John, uh, some, bait, yeah. bait is going to bait, John. That's yeah, what they're going to do. Exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but moving to tight end, David and Joku only had one target. And I know people, me included, were high on him coming in. So you see that in the box score kind of makes you sick. Then you see Harrison Bryant had four targets. But when you look at the bigger numbers, Bryant had – 15 routes run to Njoku's 26. Njoku is on the field for 89% of snaps. Bryant, 48. I think this is an outlier. Could be a buy-low opportunity for Njoku fans. But this team is kind of exactly what we thought. They're going to be very run-heavy. They ran the ball 39 times to 34 pass attempts. And Njoku is going to be the the tight end you're going to want, even though kind of a bit of a uh, surprise there with the way the targets and, and productivity actually rang out. But last and certainly well, – Did we talk about how Jake Brisket somehow averaged 4.3 yards per attempt? That was just otherworldly suck. I mean, you want to talk about why and Joker didn't do shit. It's because Jacoby Brissett sucked. Wow, terrible. I mean, beyond terrible. I mean, just abysmal. Nope. Yeah. Who's their backup? Joshua Dobbs. <laughs> Fucking – Give us, give us, get a chance. Ooh. That looks terrible. I know they got the win out of it, but man, you cannot pose a f- roughly 50% completion percentage, 4.3 yards per attempt. Good thing you didn't turn it over. Congratulations. So Bengals in a stinker. They lost. Oh. Um, the the big surprising to me, I mean, we heard early in the offseason about, hey, look out for Chris Evans. He's taking pass down work for Mixon. He's going to be a big part of this offense. No snaps. See ya. Didn't appear at all. Bum. Samaji P. Ryan somehow 26% snap share. Uh, P. Ryan also ended up with, where am I? 20. He got one carry, but <laughs> ended up getting, where were his targets? Yeah, five targets. So five, Yeah, five targets, one carry. It, it went all through Mixon, which is great for Mixon owners. Not The big surprise there was, was 
Chris Evans just being completely vanished when we thought P Ryan was a was a cut candidate very early in the offseason. Uh, the, the big thing on offense here, T Higgins got hurt early. He missed time. In that void, Mike Thomas stepped up. Jamar Chase, obviously the guy, played 100% of snaps. Tyler Boyd, 80%. Mike Thomas, out of nowhere, 69% of snaps. On those snaps, Mike Thomas hmm. hit a hit 46 routes run. He did nothing is, with them. Did nothing the, with him. Not the touchdown. He caught one of five for five yards. Yeah, uh, yeah. Chase ran 65 routes. Hayden Hurst at tight end, who we both liked as a sleeper guy, tight end. Uh, 51 routes run and Tyler Boyd, 52. So You will gladly take five for 46 out of your tight end <laughs> in week one. <laughs> Just <laughs> take run to the bank with those 9.6 PPR points. Yeah, I, I like Hayden Hurst, and, and we've been on him all year. So, yeah. That, that concludes the NFC North, AFC yeah. North. Yeah, listen, Joe Mixon for president. Uh, it's give, give me those seven receptions for 63 yards. It's like just use your bell cows. This is the, the Antonio Gibson corollary, just this big back who just has soft hands. Like Gibson's much more dynamic, but the fact that they were trying to get away from Mixon, and I get it, it's because they were saying he's a poor pass blocker. But when the alternatives are Samaj P. Ryan and Chris Evans, give Mixon more touches. So now we're going, we went north. So here we go ripping. Bears, right at the top. Congrats, Chicago. You won your Super Bowl in week one in that slash fest by beating up on those 49ers. Dave Montgomery, 66% snap share. Khalil Herbert, only a 29% snap share, but far superior back. Said it before week one, saying it after week one, saying it about week two, going to say it about week three. Khalil Herbert, nine for 45 and a touchdown rushing. Well, Dave Montgomery, real stat line, 17 rushes for 26 yards. Okay, I know it was sloppy, but that didn't really seem to bother Khalil Herbert all that much while he was just churning out yards and touchdowns. Monty did get a 68% opportunity share on the week. I think it's going to keep – it's going to get trending. 30% isn't going to be Khalil Herbert's mark if these coaches actually watch the tape. It's going to be a 50-50 split before we know it, which means Montgomery overdrafted Khalil Herbert value. Darnell Mooney, 90% snap share, three targets. 33% of the wide receiver targets went to Darnell Mooney. Didn't matter. Total shit game because oh. the touchdowns went to Dante Pettis and fucking Dominius St. Brown. It was tough to see, but I still do think better days are ahead for Darnell Mooney. I'm not giving up. Another guy add to the tight end graveyard. Colcom at 83% snap share, one target. It's the one target tight end club. That's that's what week one is. I'm I'm gonna run a list of all fantasy viable tight ends who ended up with one target on the week because there's far too many of them. Bears won in ugly fashion. A game that hurts my heart, probably going to hurt yours after you hear this as well, the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Jones, 61% snap share. A.J. Dillon, 51% snap share. Aaron Jones, five targets. A.J. Dillon, six targets. Total opportunities on the game, 10 for Aaron Jones, 16 for A.J. Dillon in a game they trailed the entire time. And Aaron Rodgers trusted none of his pass catchers. Why the fuck? Was Aaron Jones not utilized more as a pass catcher? 37% opportunity share on the week for Aaron Jones. Absolutely mind-numbing. I know they shit the bed week one of last year. This just looks totally different. This looks like a team that everyone was wrong on but me about how they're going to collapse this season because they have precious little offensive talent, and you can't run everything through your running backs. It's just not going to work. Watkins, Watson, Cobb, and Dubs, all between 57 and 67%. Snapshot. So trust no one. Just rotate everyone through. See if someone bubbles at the top. Dubs did lead the team with five targets. 
Christian Watson dropped an absolute dime by Aaron Rodgers on the first series. And I, I think it was like the first pass of the first pass. Was play. Absolutely perfect throw. Should have been an 80-yard touchdown or whatever, walking in. Instead, he got the 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 stern look from Aaron Rodgers <laughs> right to the fucking sideline. It was ugly. And, you know, their offensive line's already in shambles. Both tackles were out. They lost their guard. I don't care how good their defense is. They're off. You know, trash. Somebody else had said this online. And if you, I mean, obviously, there's always woulda, coulda, shoulda. Watson pulls that in. That's a, that's a touchdown. That fucking time, uh, AJ Dillon got stuffed on fourth down. Big fucking big for nothing. They, <laughs> they had a chance to be competitive in this. And they, pun intended, dropped the ball. I mean, they, they just, they should have. They had a much better showing than they did. Yeah, they just couldn't. It was almost like I was watching their playoff game all over again. We were just yeah. like, oh, they're getting another shot. What happened? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, not again. Okay. They okay. They they're they're beating themselves, right? That's the that's the narrative now. Whatever. Packers might not be the second best team in the NFC North this year. Just saying. Moving on to the team that beat them. Let's go. Skull. My Minnesota Vikings look good. Dalvin Smith, Dalvin Cook, 77% snap share. Got five targets on the game, saw 76% of the running back opportunity. The other 24% and 23% of the snaps, respectively, went to Alexander Madison. Again, clear handcuff for him. Madison looked good in limited opportunity. So good. Huh? He's so good. He's, he's so good. I thought he said no good. I was like, hold on. Are we fighting here? Like, Trap behind Cook, wasting another year of his prime, unfortunately. But get the value, right? Uh, the Vikings want to hold on to him. Adam Thielen, 95% target share, saw four targets. Justin Jefferson, a lowly 92% target share, right? Snap Can't even get the snaps, whatever, snap share. That Thielen got 11 targets, represented 58% of all the wide receiver targets. Then Swervin Irv Smith, 31% snap share. He did get two targets on the game, so he can't be part of my exclusive one-target club, but just another tight end egg in week one. The Vikings didn't have to do a ton to beat the Packers, as previously discussed, so I, I think bigger days are ahead. Hopefully not for Jefferson, because I don't own him a lot of places, and I don't know how bigger you can get from what he did week one, but it looked effortless. Moving him around the formation, just dude was always cooking D-backs and running in space. It's amazing what you do when you start moving these guys around, so... Kudos to the division-leading Minnesota Vikings. Off of them, onto the Hard Knock Lions. Uh, DeAndre Swift, 67% snap share. The other 33% went to Jamal Williams. Swift only had three targets to Jamal Williams, too, so neither of them were really targeted in the passing game. 58% opportunity share for Swift, 42% opportunity share for Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams cashed in on two goal line opportunities to post a fantasy Viable day himself, but Swift looked fucking amazing watching it firsthand. Their run attack is something to behold. And if Swift can stay healthy, he's going to be a top five running back this year because I got to think big, better target days are ahead for him. Amon Ross St. Brown, 88% snap share, 12 targets, 48% of the wide receiver target share. Went to Amon Ross St. Brown in spite of what you and I believe. He saw the volume, he saw the end zone. He posted another wide receiver one finish on the week. I, I just don't know what to do uh, with him because I still just don't believe he's special. And I think 
There's better in this offense. Chark, 81% snap rate, eight targets on the game, called a touchdown. Pretty touchdown from him. TJ Hawkinson, 91% snap share, seven targets. So I know he didn't have a huge week. Snaps are there. The targets are there. Hawkinson's the guy that I was saying is could threaten for one of the big three in spots. And uh, I'm, I'm still there with Hawkinson because he saw the snaps and he got the targets. Last but not least, ah, uh, that's all. <laughs> I, I talked about the Bears first. I expect to talk about them last. So that is the, the North in a nutshell. Yeah, going to the AFC West now, as we Are mentioned. You going south? Huh? South. I just I, I did the order I had it listed in. Doesn't matter. Uh, Houston. So I'll, I'll go that way. That's <laughs> no. I actually have my stuff for the Chargers, so I got to go west. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> Pull this other you're shit going, up. You're going out of order then. So the interesting thing with the Chargers. Chargers. Keenan Allen got hurt, as we mentioned before. Keenan Allen, DeAndre Carter, Gerald Everett, Trey McKitty, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, all with four targets. Don't like that for fantasy. That is a uh, far too much spreading around. So. On those targets, looking at uh, routes run, um, Carter, 14, Everett, 23, McKitty, 13, Williams, 31, did nothing with it, and Palmer, 25. I didn't get Keenan Allen's stats, but he he left very early in the game, so I don't think he ran very many routes. The interesting thing for me on offense, uh, Sony Michelle, 24% snap share to Austin Eckler's 50, but I think – the guy to the handcuff is Josh Kelly. If you think Eckler's going to miss any time, I think Kelly comes in and takes the Eckler role, and Sony Michelle keeps the role that he had. Only had four carries, but I, I could see Kelly being the guy. I thought he was the more interesting, one of the more interesting kind of outliers because uh, he ran 10 routes, Eckler ran 13. Sony Michelle didn't run a single route. So he's going to be the pass catching back if Eckler misses time in an offense that likes to throw the football to the pass-catching running back. So Kelly's an interesting kind of a stash play. Moving down to... First off, we're going to call him Austin Egler until further notice because they fucking stunk too. Tons of touches for nothing. Zach, Xander Horvath was the running back that oh, you gosh. wanted as the pass-catching running back for the Chargers in week one. And I agree, Josh Kelly's looked really good. Um, still burning that candle for Isaiah Spiller when he comes back. But, yeah, it's it'd be Kelly, not I, I think Sonny they're going to just redshirt Spiller. I don't think we see him at all this oh, year. He's young enough for it, but yeah, don't like that. You don't like losing a young season from a running back. But, but going to the Chiefs, I, I kind of you know, touted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I thought he was uh, in line for a bounce-back season. I wasn't as low on him as everybody else. Surprisingly, though, 39% snap cheer. Jarek McKinnon, also 39%. So McKinnon a little more involved, at least as far as playing time on the field, not necessarily as part of the offense. But Isaiah Pacheco, 23%. Everyone's darling offense, surprisingly. MVS, 73% snap share. Juju, 66 Nicole Hardman, 56 So those were all kind of surprising. Sky Moore, who some people thought would have a big week one, only 19%, only on the field for 13 snaps. Not great. Uh, as far as targets, Kelsey led the way with 19. He was obviously on the field a shit ton because that's what they do. Um, but Juju, eight targets. McCole Hardman, six. MVS, despite 51 snaps, only ran 33 routes and four targets. So was out there, but wasn't heavily involved. I, 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 he might just be a field stretcher. Correct. 
But Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, two touchdowns on only three targets. Got to like that in week one. If he's so the, the Andy Reid, oh, I disagree. So, I think so, he's going to have a good year. He's not. Listen, you, you want to bag up two touchdowns on those three targets, you be my guest. But I'm oh, still no. here. And you also need to apologize to Patrick Mahomes while we're on the Chiefs subject. Because you were wrong. One week. week one. We'll talk. No, we'll talk. You were big wrong one week. He looked amazing. True story. The feeding everybody here. And just a quick stat on the non Patrick Mahomes Valdez Scantling rushes. The running backs were 24 for 126 and a touchdown, 5.3 yards per clip. They all look good. Like yeah. you're talking about how this run game, if we can get one of those guys out of the fucking way, Oof, boy. it could be beautiful. There's just three of them's not going to get it done. So if it gets down to two, we could be talking about even the second guy being flexible. Any given Sunday, because they'll probably get 10 plus carries each, and then whoever gets the targets. That's what I'm keeping an eye on. True story. Now let's talk about a big disappointment the Denver Broncos. Wow. Wow. Melvin Gordon, 12 rushes, two targets. Jamal Williams, seven rushes, 12 targets. What is that? Or Javante, not sorry. Jamal. Javante Williams. 12 targets leading leading all running backs this this week with 11 receptions for 65 yards. Oh boy, if that's going to be his role, he is uh he's flirting with top 5 running back just based on their PPR volume alone. Um in the passing game, Judy 7 targets, Sutton 7 targets even though Sutton was on the field for 95% of snaps where Judy was 89%. Judy did get in the end zone as of one week seems to be the guy there. Tight end, Albert O, 67% of snaps. Tomlinson and Saubert, and I'll tell you why I'm bringing this up later, 30% and 27%. So there are other tight ends involved. Um, Not the best showing from this team in general. Not sure if it's going to be the coaching. Not sure if it's an ongoing thing. They did throw the ball 42 times, only ran it 20. Not the best. Yuck. Yuck, right? I mean, literally just... What a disappointing week one. Teach us to continue to be skeptical of these rookie head coaches trying to turn things over just because they bring in Russ. But, I mean, to your point on the receivers, they both saw seven targets. They both had four catches. It literally came down to Jerry Judy's big touchdown. That was the difference between the two. So I wouldn't be flipping the switch on those two just yet. You were saying the snaps were in Sutton's favor. I still think ultimately the tar- the the targets and the fantasy points are going to be in Sutton's favor when it's all said and done. But that 11 catches for Jamal, for Javante Williams was like the hollowest 20 point running back game I've seen in quite some time because he just it, there was nothing big it was just like tick 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 like his rushes and his receptions were just you know long run of 13 yards long reception to the, of 13 yards so no really even explosive plays he was just there he just you know, tons of dump offs for Russ it I wouldn't be expecting near that production that's not the game plan they want to be running in the future you might not see 11 receptions over his next three games combined. Speaking of disgusting thing, let's move on to got? my backyard for the Las Vegas Raiders. We, ready for it? This is my big surprising one. <laughs> Jacobs, 60% snap share. Brandon Bolden, 28. Amir Abdullah was on the field for seven snaps. Zamir White, bye-bye. Kick rocks. You don't even get on the field. And, and carries. Jacobs had 10. Bolden had three. Nobody else. That was it. Two guys on the field. Pretty awful. In a game they lost by five, they ran it 13 times. 
Very unpatriot X. I think Josh McDaniels is trying to week one make a name for himself. Is no, we're just going to throw the ball, you know, at a what uh, three to one clip, thirty-seven pass attempts. Yeah, just uh, gross. Now the interesting thing though for me on this team, Waller obviously is the only tight end worth rostering if he goes down Moreau, but right now it's Darren Waller, eighty-four percent of snaps. Wide receiver Devontae Adams, not a surprise, ninety-five percent of snaps. Mac Hollins snuck in there ahead of Renfro, 51 snaps to 48, which was 88 to 83%. Hollins should be, and he, he we'll talk about him a little bit more when we talk about waivers. Hollins, I think, is going to be more involved than we ever wish to admit. Even Amir Abdullah, who I thought was going to get a lot of work in the passing game, one target. So they're going to, you mentioned that, that run-pass split. If that doesn't change, and there's a chance it doesn't, Hollins might end up being a sneaky wide receiver three with high end wide receiver two upside if anything happens oh. or Adams. High end wide receiver two. If Adams oh, is gone, uh, he, I think, I think he's, he's the wide receiver, wide receiver one. Wide receiver three upside. No, they'll just throw it to Waller and Renfro all over again. Oh, I, no, 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 no. I, I got I to gotta give you a chance to walk this back. High end wide receiver two is like 15. Yes. Nah. If, if, if somebody's I, I, out, Mac Hollins, somebody's out. Mac Hollins was an eagle for a period of time. <laughs> if there's no other pass catchers on the entire offense, like one receiver sets, Mac Hollins is not posting. I think he stinks too, but he, look he, at the listen, usage. He's got great hair and he seems like a fun guy, but I know, don't like him. The, the entire game plan would, which would go away from Mac Hollins if he was. I mean, we got to, obviously we need a little more data than one week. Yeah. That's the craziness of doing this. For week Josh one. Jacobs look great. So stop hating on him Raiders. Yeah, yeah they, they stink. But that, that concludes the AFC West. You did great there. You did great there. And yeah, we do need to pick it up a little bit. So going to the NFC West, the stinky 49ers. Well, what a what a disgrace they were week one. Eli Mitchell gets hurt. It's an MCL sprain. They're saying he's out for like eight weeks. Oh, that was an injury we forgot. Whoops. That, yeah, I'm sorry. That's that should have been the first. That hurt big time because he was he he was looking good. He already came in a season injured, and that sloppy field certainly didn't help. Uh I, I, I hope the Bears move to that dome stadium and aren't tonight. It's like less shitty city, weather city, uh, outdoor stadiums anymore. We don't need it. Oh, I, I, want I disagree. No. I want rain and snow and nah, terrible. That's why these guys get hurt. I want to see the idea. I want to see the best of the best, you know, for my fantasy football players. But what did that mean? 59% snap share for Jeff Wilson, and he saw two targets. Ended up with 42% opportunity share. He should be the de facto lead back for the 49ers in the in the interim. 99% snap share for Brandon Ayuk. Didn't fucking matter. The two two targets. Total just dud day for him, even though he's supposedly Trey Lance's best buddy. Off-season workouts, all these fucking videos. Great, you know, right, it's happening again. I feel like this is Groundhog Day. Week one last year when, when Ayuk got doghoused by Shanahan. Just absolute egg of a day. Debo, 82% snap share, saw eight targets and also picked up a lot of that running downs work again when Eli Mitchell went down. Has those incentives in his contract now that makes him want to run the ball. He's happily receiving carries now, and he's going to get more and more of them over the next eight weeks because he's going to be picking up some of that Eli Mitchell slack. I'd say six to eight carries every week for Debo Samuel over the next six to eight weeks. So – what you saw from him last year, you could fucking copy it, <laughs> paste it right back in to 2022 because Debo wide receiver one is coming and it's only because it's out of necessity. To the Cardinals, yikes. 
Yuck. I think both of us were pretty low on the Cardinals when we did the divisional previews. I don't know that I even expected this. And they're rash injuries and suspensions and the like. But nonetheless, they got just throttled by the Chiefs. 72% snap rate for James Conner. Saw six targets at 67% of the running back opportunity. Eno Benjamin, clear handcuff, 34% snaps. Four targets, saw 33% of the opportunity. Eno Benjamin looked good. He's probably earned himself some more work. And if James Conner were to be felled by injury, it's going to be Eno Benjamin probably with the 60% opportunity share in in those weeks. Hollywood Brown, 95% of snaps, six targets on the week. Greg Dortch, who I had like a small crush on when he came out, even though he was undersized, 91% snap rate, nine targets for Greg Dortch to lead the Arizona Cardinals last week. Zach Ertz was limited all week. They were questioning if he was even going to play. He had a 60% target share or 60% snap share and also had four targets on the week. Just terrible all around. James Conner got in the end zone. That's the only thing that saved any fantasy day for those Arizona Cardinals, but just disgusting. And it's going to persist because mm-hmm. they they just you know Rondell Moore's injured, uh, AJ Green is dust, and DeAndre Hopkins is suspended for six weeks. So when, what's what's better? What's what's going to get better over the next four to five weeks? The answer is nothing. Rams. Hopefully they're over what happened a week and a half ago because because I'm not. It was it was ugly. Eighty two percent snap share. For Daryl Henderson, 18% for Cam Akers. I mean, we saw it, and it still just sounds worse when you when you say those numbers. Five targets for Henderson, zero targets for Akers, barely on the field. 81% opportunity to share for Hendo, 13% for Akers. McVay's kind of come out cryptically and said, like, like, he needs, like, we all need to be better. He knows he needs to be better. We know what we have in these guys. But, but I'm like, you know, send something about, you know, his, his preseason injury. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Starting Endo this week over Akers, I'll tell you that much where I get the opportunity. Cooper Cup, 100% snap share. Of course he is because he's, he's a quarterback. He doesn't come off the field at all. 15 targets with 60% of the wide receiver targets went to Cooper Cup. So who didn't they go to? Allen Robinson, 97% snap share. Two targets. It's already come out. We got to get A-Rob the ball. Well, no shit. You didn't throw it to him at all. Uh, one of his two targets was literally the last pay of the game as a Hail Mary, you know, into the deep corner of the end zone. He saw one target, one meaningful target during the course of the game. Just, just otherworldly. Meanwhile, Tyler Higby, 94% snap share, 11 targets. Dropped a bunch of them. That dude looked terrible. Just catch a dump off after dump off. But hey, you'll take it in this tight end wasteland where we're talking about guys with one target. Higby at 11. So, Better days are ahead for the Rams. We just talked in, at the beginning of this. They, they play some tin can of a team this week that they'll probably beat up on and everything will look right in the world. And that team happens to be the Falcons. Congratulations, Atlanta Falcons. You're going to get your dicks kicked in by the Los Angeles Rams this week. Lastly, your Seattle Seahawks, John. Woo! Undefeated. 1-0. Division leading. 70% snap share for Rashad Penny. Looked good. Kenneth Walker was inactive. Two targets. 93% of the opportunity went to Penny. Not a great fantasy day, but didn't get hurt. So that's a good start. Meanwhile, and I had to do the math on these because the snaps weren't out on the shit that I pulled, but DK Metcalf, 83% snap share, saw seven targets of the meaningless variety. Tyler Lockett, 81% snap share, saw four targets, also of the meaningless variety. Noah Fant, who I was high on going to season, only had a 57% snap share. He was out-snapped by Will Disley and out-fantasy points scored by Will Disley as well. But Fant did have four targets on that 57% snap share. So, Can, can we he, discuss Metcalf a little more? I mean, what do you want to discuss? His, his seven meaningful not? targets. 
Is negative eight <laughs> Seven receptions, 36 yards. How do you use the big explosive guy? How about 5.1 per reception? What the fuck are they doing? Yeah, I mean, and let's not. 5.1? And he That's had, John, and he had, numbers. he had his 15-yard reception too. So those other six catches went for sterling 21 yards. So that, that even drags it down any further. Again, didn't watch the game. This is pure box score scouting. Insane. But you couldn't have thrown it deep if all these were, you know, if this is what his average is. I mean, he caught everything they threw at him. Seven of seven. It literally, yeah, he was he was their best catching back. Just disgusting. You know, when Will Disley and Cody Parkinson are the ones that are they're pushing the ball downfield to with big gains, 25 yards, 38 yards, both had the touchdowns, both had 43 yards. It was it was it was the tight ends. Of course it was the non-Noah fan tight ends. That, that carried the day for the Seahawks in their one nothing victory. Just, uh, I don't know what to do. They do have, they're at the 49ers this week. The 49ers would be fucking furious after what happened to them against the Bears. But these games are usually pretty competitive. I'm actually real interested to see how the Seahawks show up in week two against a pissed off 0-1 San Francisco 49ers team. And how do the Niners show up? Wow. Well, they're going to show up with Jimmy G taking, you know, just standing right behind Trey Lance. Literally just breathing on his neck like Lance Stevenson. <laughs> if they lose this game, yeah, that locker room's going to be a lot of people glancing over at Jimmy's locker. Mm-hmm. All right, let's rip through this south. We still got one more segment, John. Come on. All right, south. Starting with the Houston Texans, the 0-0-1 Houston Texans. The, the big surprise here, all offseason they talked about how, hey, Damian Pierce, we're going to rest him. That's our guy. Then, of course, game one comes. Burkhead gets 71% snaps to Pierce's 29. Uh, Burkhead, eight targets, 14 carries. Pierce, 11 carries. Just a big fuck you to football fans and fantasy owners. Brandon Cooks, not surprising, 91% of the snaps, ran 38 routes, 12 targets. Everybody else had three targets or less despite their uh, – <clears throat> routes run and snap share so it doesn't really matter it's all going to go through cooks which is good tight end pharaoh cooper or i'm sorry gee i can't call him pharaoh cooper pharaoh brown 66 snap share brevin jordan 60 percent oj howard 12 snaps only 17 percent got six targets and somehow turned that into two fucking touchdowns so <laughs> inject that right into my veins side off the double scrap heap dumpster fire right <laughs> OJ there howard what tight end one on the week, right? The recently yeah. acquired OJ Howard, too. Hold on, 12, 14. So what's that? 17.8. No, he didn't outscore Kelsey. He's a top five. He was a top five tight end. Gross. Yep. But moving to the team they tied with the old Indianapolis Colts. A lot of what we expected. Taylor Hines, 76, 28% split out of the backfield. Wide receiver. Pittman, 98%. Surprising to me, Paris Campbell, 77, 77% snap share. Alec Pierce, 51%. Had a horrific drop. And Ashton Doolin made a few appearances with 35%. Uh, not much of note there. Doolin with six targets on that with uh, Paris Campbell. Four, what did I say? 44 uh, routes run. He got four targets too. Pierce only two targets. So interesting how that shook out. Tight end. Kylan Granson actually led him with 55% snap share, only 1% more than Mo Alley Cox. But Granson had 29 routes run, whereas Mo Alley Cox only had 19. So Granson, who we liked a year ago, might be slowly emerging at the price of Mo Alley Cox, but nothing else really surprising there. Pretty much what we thought going into this very chalky except for the the Granson emergence and, and Campbell kind of coming out ahead of Pierce moving on to 
the Tennessee Titans, who fucking look like shit. This division sucks. It sure I've does. I've said it before. The, the, those two teams you just mentioned just pillow fought it all game, all, all night long to a 2020 tie. You An- another surprise. So Henry obviously led the way. Dontrell yeah. Hilliard, 12 snaps. <laughs> It's the O.J. Howard of running backs, apparently. Yeah, 12 yeah. snaps ended up with uh, 18%. Uh, all the touchdowns. Yes, all the touchdowns. That is all that matters, so it's pretty funny. And 18, 12 snaps got in the end zone twice, I believe, both as a receiver. Yeah, three for 61 and two as a receiver. Yep, Incredible. And look good. Surprise- I saw the first touchdown. It was great. Yes. Great, great pass. It was a great catch. It looked like a receiver. So the surprise here, not in the snaps here, Robert Woods led the way 71%, Westbrook Kinhay 68%, Kyle Phillips 46%, Traylon Burks 37 So Burks, they kind of talked down saying he wasn't going to be that involved, but a little more involved than I think a lot of people thought. But Kyle Phillips, nine targets. Burks, five targets. So they led the way in targets. Um, Hooper ended up with two targets, somebody we liked, but he did <clears> run uh, 30 23% routes ran. So 23 one, routes one, run. Yep. One catch. So he's in the two target, yeah. but he only has one catch. So. Yeah. Hilliard shitty, ran six routes. Man. So he ran six routes, caught two of them for fucking touch. Uh, he had four targets on those six. He caught three of them for 61 and two. Yep. No, he yeah ran six routes and got targeted four times. But Jeff yeah, Swaim actually outsnapped Austin Hooper, which is a little weird. Keep an eye on that. Hooper might be the the guy to cut in some leagues, even though we talked him up all last year as a sleeper, see how they use him in weeks two and three before we make any hasty decisions. And to close out the worst division in football, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, it was almost an even split Etienne and Robinson, Etienne 37 snaps to Robinson's 34, but Robinson had 11 carries, Etienne only four. So not blown away there. Etienne four targets, Robinson two. So all this talk about ATN all off season. Robinson appears to be the clear RB one. And I don't think it's even close as of one week, Christian Kirk, 91% snaps, Zay Jones, 83, Marvin Jones, 81, kind of a one, two, three coming in as we knew, not a shocker there. Kirk with 12 targets on 41 routes run Zay Jones, nine targets on 41 routes run. Also, uh, kind of what we thought it looked like. Evan Ingram ran 35 routes, not the best look against Washington this week, even though they had a lead for a bit there. Threw the ball 42 times, only ran at 18. Not good for fantasy. Yeah, I mean, two things. Back to the the Titans. Super impressed with the limited usage and the production of Traylon Burks. Like, still still Mm -hmm. here. Still here for Traylon Burks, wide receiver one in this class. Brighter days are ahead for him. It's just It's a learning curve. For him, he was playing pretty much a different position in college than, than he's playing in the NFL, for, for lack of better words. And on the, you know, I'm a Travis Etienne fan. I was arguing with someone on Twitter to, to no avail that you you can't count almost touchdowns as like reason for optimism, right? Like he had two chances short. One was overthrown. The other he dropped that he would have been able to walk in the end zone. What I count is the fact that Robinson saw – what, 13 opportunities to Etienne's eight. And he looked good early. Really good. The Achilles. So if you want to keep banging on, like, this is me, the Etienne guy, that he can be Alvin Kamara, you know, with James Robinson being the the Mark Ingram, that's what it's going to take for Etienne this year. Because barring injury, Robinson's the running downs back. 
So you better fucking hope that Etienne starts catching these passes that, that are thrown his way because, you know, two for 18 on four targets. It's, yeah. Not going to cut it. It's not bringing home trophies. Sorry. So I, it's unfortunate because I do have Travis Etienne in a lot of places. NFC South to finish. We're starting right off with the Panthers. Panthers just couldn't, couldn't baker it for them. Just couldn't get it done. And now they have, uh, 81% snap share with CMC, but only four targets. It doesn't, doesn't seem like they're, they, they realized what they had in Christian McCaffrey. 16% target share for him. That's insane. 78% of the opportunity. So he's still on the field all the time, right away. Just not getting the opportunity that he has in years past. And maybe it's just not Baker's bag. But uh, Robbie Anderson, who by all accounts hates Baker Mayfield, saw eight targets on the week. And DJ Moore saw six targets, both like, 100, 100% snap guys. Likes him a little more today. Yeah, hit him with a, hit him with a bomb. <laughs> All right. Only other wide receiver that saw snaps in this game was Shy Smith. Saw 77%. No other receiver. Marshall didn't see a snap? Didn't play a snap. LaVisca inactive. Marshall That's no over. snappy. Curtains. Done. Tommy Tremble, who everyone was saying might take the leap this year, 34% snap. He's still getting out-snapped by Ian Thomas, who's the superior blocker, and only one target. So as a lower-rung, sleepery tight end guy still, welcome to the one-target club. Baker only threw it 25 times in a game that was highly contested throughout that you're sure they really wanted to win, but pass attempts just aren't there for Christian McCaffrey or for DJ Moore. I thought the pass attempts would certainly go up but they did not. And it was not ex- at the expense of the rush attempts because they only ran the ball 19 times. And that was five Baker Mayfield carries included in those 19. So you take that for what you will. Gross. There's just no offense in, from those uh, Carolina Panthers. Moving on to the Falcons. Falcons gave, you know, the Saints, a little Kev Hart, a little bump, bump in their chest. Uh, he ate that DraftKings commercial. I love Kevin Hart. No, uh, talk bad about Kevin Hart and the overemphasis on DraftKings commercials throughout the entirety of the NFL Sunday. But Cordell Patterson, your boy, 65% snap share, 84% opportunity share, five targets, just looked like a grown man. Week one, they shelved him in the preseason, gave him that the starter treatment, and they treated him like the starter. Damian Williams did go out early with ribs, and the only other active running back they had was Avery Williams, who had 31%. Snap share, Algier was inactive for the game. I'd expect him to be activated. Damian Williams can't go. Drake London, 72% target share, seven, 72% snap share, seven targets. Kyle Pitts, 84% snap share, seven targets. Neither of them really did anything. It was yet another tight end that failed to deliver in, in a week, but the Saints are really good against a tight end position, so we should have tempered expectations a little bit with Pitts, but you still want more. What did those Saints do? I referenced Alvin Kamara earlier. 62% tar- snap share for Alvin Kamara. Four targets, three catches for seven yards for Alvin Kamara. Uh, Sounds like a DK Metcalf stat line to to me. 72% opportunity share, though, so still on the field. 33% snap share for Mark Ingram. He saw one target. He accounted for the other 28% opportunity share in the running backfield. Chris Alave, 74% snap share, only three targets. Jarvis Landry, 72%. Snap share, nine targets, seven for 114. I didn't even realize it was Jarvis Landry at first. Got, like, I think, a different number. He's wearing the Saints uniform. He caught a pass. I'm like, dude, this is a little like, jacked. Who's that dude? Oh, fuck, it's Jarvis Landry? He looks, still got a little bit in the tank. I have, to, I have to give me some Jarvis Landry. Last but not least, 61% limited Michael Thomas. 
Eight targets turned it into five for 57 and two big boy touchdowns on AJ Terrell. Just rewarded anyone that trusted old slant boy coming back. Maybe he just didn't want to play with Drew Brees or he hated Sean Payton. Who knows what, who knows what, the, what the deal was, but hey, you stuck with him. You stayed the course. You got a five for 57 and two touchdown performance from Mike Thomas. Last but not least, the Tampa Bay Leonard Fournettes. 76% snap share for Lenny. Two targets, 85% of the running back opportunity went to Leonard Fournette. Mike Evans had 73% snaps, seven targets. Julio Jones looked like he was on the field all day, 52% snap. So half the snaps, five targets. They gave him a couple carries in the game. It looks like they want to use him. Godwin, as we said, left with a hamstring, so I'm not going to speak to his target share, but he was he was looking good early until he went down. Tom Brady only threw it 27 times, so I'm going to reserve judgment. They just the Cowboys put up no fight in this game. So I uh, remain to be seen what this offense is fully intended to look like in the future. But as far as the tight ends were concerned, it was Cameron Brait and little else. Uh, Kyle Rudolph was a healthy scratch. He was inactive in the game. So it was Cameron Brait was the only targeted tight end. Then KDOT and then Co Keeft both got on the field largely as blockers for the week. So that was the NFC South. We did it, John. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to squeeze this yes. a little bit more in first, future first weeks. time. But, you know, this but, will be shorter going forward. Yes, a ton of actionable information here. But the last segment that we were gonna do, John, was the old crystal ball of predicting the future. That is not this waiver wire. We're predicting next waiver wire. Get the guy a week early. We're not gonna tell you to go pick up Jeff Wilson. Everyone's fucking tell you to pick up Jeff Wilson. Correct. And a super flex. Some people are probably going to tell you to pick up Cooper Rush. Wouldn't be me. But we're going to say a week from now, who's the guy that you could get for a dollar today? So I got a couple. First one I'm going to go to is Greg Dulcich. I, I mentioned the, the backup Broncos tight ends and how involved they were. The rumor was towards the end of camp that Dulcich was outperforming Albert O., he should be back available to be back after week four. So you could grab him now where he costs nothing because the rumors are going to start swirling over the next couple weeks that Dulcich is coming back. He's going to get involved. Grab Dulcich now. If you have a need at tight end, because he's going to be more expensive in two weeks. Another one, Hayden Hurst, you know, especially if T Higgins misses more time, who knows what his situation is with the concussion, but Hayden Hurst looked good. I think I mentioned, you know, 51 routes run, eight targets. He's involved. CJ Uzoma was useful in that offense. There's no reason Hurst can't be. Uh, another one talking into the future, get him this week before they become a thing. You said Jeff Wilson. I'm going deeper. Terry and Davis Price. That team's never had running backs lead them in fantasy two years in a row. No reason that's going to stop now with Mitchell missing eight weeks. Let everybody else go out and grab Wilson because he's the name starter. Davis Price is good, and I think he will outperform him once he starts getting on the field. So get him now before everyone else does. And kind of a generic general one, start picking up backup quarterbacks. If you have room in your benches to stash these guys, not necessarily I would get your handcuffs, even if they stink, just so you can get them now cheaply because – the, the the Dak Prescott owner is going to have to pay a premium amount this week to get Cooper Rush. Whereas if you had already got him for nothing before the year started, 
you have nothing to panic about. I, I've done that for years in a lot of leagues where I have pretty deep benches, but I have what John Wolford, where I have Stafford. I have a lot of these guys benches, br- benched Bridgewater, where you've got Tua and, 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 you know, you get it. But get your backups now before you need them, because when you need them, you're going to pay out the ass for them. Yeah, well said. And just uh, I'm going off of Yahoo because uh, it's the only redraft league I am. So talking about roster ships, the guy you mentioned, Dolchitz is owned in one percent right now. Hurst is only owned in ten percent. So there's there's nothing there. I didn't look up TDP, and the only reason I didn't is because I'm saying go out and get Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason looked great in the Not preseason. Bad either. Yeah. He was active in the week, but he's a special teams guy. So it doesn't mean that he's above TDP on the hierarchy of things. But I liked what I saw from Jordan Mason in the preseason. So he's a 1% guy as well. That while everyone's going and getting Jeff Wilson, I'm saying go and get Jordan Mason. You're saying go and get Tyrion Price. Go one wrong down, get the guy after the guy from San Fred and don't pay the premium for them. You mentioned Jalen Warren earlier. Najee's coming back, might throw everyone off to Jalen Warren's end. I don't like running backs with foot injuries. I don't like big running backs with foot injuries. I don't like big running backs with foot injuries. Let's take, take their shoe off and throw their shoe <laughs> during the game and point to their foot. It's just, yeah, okay, so he's going to try and tough it out. Well, who knows how long that's going to last. Go get you a dollar Jalen Warren this week, and that could pay tremendous dividends down the line. He's only 5% owned. What do you, in- think, what do you think Warren goes for if – so? What would you? What do you think Jalen Warren's price is two weeks from now if Harris ends up? Because yeah, I can't go because of this foot. This is probably the guy you're looking for. There's running backs every year, right? Where it's just yeah. you're gonna get the workload. You want the Pittsburgh running back. I mean, he's going for a third of your fab conservatively. Exactly. That's what I was. I was thinking two th- weeks from thirty-three now, bucks for a hundred. When you could likely get him for two dollars, just put the extra dollar up throw those dollar bitters off the scent and get you a $2 Jalen Warren. Yeah. If you cut him in two weeks, you no harm, no foul. But if the Najee Harris that acts up, even if he misses a one game, it's worth the ad for Jalen Warren. One game, it's worth the ad. Two others I have are Kyle Phillips. You mentioned Kyle Phillips in the Tennessee oh, Titans. Oh, oh, oh. He is a 1% roster guy in PPR leagues. He saw nine targets, six for 66 receiving. Think him and Traylon Burks are going to start bubbling up. Nick Westbrook and not keeping anyone off the field. Robert Woods is a veteran guy. They're going to start putting. I'd say I said the Titans aren't good. I'm going to stick with the Titans aren't good. I think we're going to start seeing more and more rookie involvement as as the year goes on. Kyle Phillips is a guy you can even after that performance probably still get cheap. Um, yeah, you know, in PPR leagues. And then last was a slightly higher rostered guy, and this might actually be the week, not the week after the week. Josh Palmer's only rostered in 21% of Yahoo leagues. He did not do shit week one. Keenan Allen's going to miss week two. Who knows how hamstrings are? It could be a multi-week injury for Keenan Allen. We all know Mike Williams likes getting hurt as well. So you want the guy that could step up, maybe not in game, but you know, after they have an opportunity to install him as the, you know, the the secondary option, um, you know, barring injury from the other guy. We're gonna see that on Thursday night in a game they're gonna have to score a lot of points. So Josh Palmer could put up a 70 yard one touchdown game easily against the Chiefs in this shootout, and then he's the guy everyone's clamoring for next week, whether it be in three wide sets or if you start hearing that Keenan Allen's injury is a little worse than expected or whatever it may be. But I would put a spec ad in on Josh Palmer as well. I mean, I have him in a ton of places. (laughs) He's a dynasty darling of mine, but in a redraft league, lightly owned Josh Palmer. 
Yeah, I like that. These are good. These are good uh, waiver pickups for nothing. Yeah, gave you eight guys. You can spend eight bucks. Could all be league winners. There's upside there anyway. But so went a little long. I think going in the future, we we we've already come up with a few ideas. We're going here how to shorten this, so we won't be as long winded. And, and there'll be more data too, which will make it a little easier. Obviously, any of these guys seeing big snap shares or or, or uh, target percentages. If it continues, it's worth talking about. One game outliers, not so much. So we got some ways to whittle this down. Thanks for bearing with us. We'll have this narrowed down a bit in the future. But that should it was it still us. awesome. <laughs> Don't keep True apologizing story. to him. True story. <laughs> Ton of value in this. Apology what else do you have to do for an hour and 20 minutes of your life but listen to us? <laughs> so that'll do it for us. Enjoy week two unless you're playing us. Then I hope it sucks for you. But for myself, John DeBarry, my co-host, Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Out! All right. All right. Three o'clock, Matt. <laughs> she's the one that told me to shave in the first place i remember i told you this was like a covid thing where i was like a few weeks in i was i had the clippers out i was trimming my beard i was just going to shave my head and my son comes in and he's like dad can i cut your hair for you and i was like sure what the fuck do i care took it right down broadway with no clip right away i was like all right guess this is what we're doing so it was my own fault but you know that was back when i still had like the thinned hair up here I think I told you too. Like I saw like some pictures and I was like, it was from like above me, like a looking down. Picture, oh no. And it was just, just a barren <laughs> wasteland. And I looked down, I'm like, wow. And I was that man. Yeah. I didn't have it in the back. Like I already had that, had the, the full, you got the same as me full retreat going on. When did that start? Uh, for, oh, it's probably been about five years now. Okay. Yeah. Mine's, I was I was holding on for dear life, you know. I was doing like the just like kind of not not like the Trump brush over, but the hair <laughs> the hair had to turn a little bit, you know, just to provide that canopy. Yeah. So this is this is where we're at now. A little more beard, a little less hair. I was talking to a friend of mine at work yesterday, and he was telling me about uh, he's he's thirty one, and he was talking. He's telling me he met some girls at a bar in Texas last week, and. Uh, she was 22 when she asked how old he was, and he said 31. He said she literally went like this. <gasps> I'm like, it's 31. She's 22. That ain't crazy at all. Oh, I, I didn't know if it was, oh, like, she no, was, she was, he was that age. Horrified, or, taken aback. Like that she was talking to a 31 year old? Yeah, which to me was, or I thought was not. Or that a 31 year old was in the bar with her. I was like, like a, yeah, like, how dare he? No, to me, that's where. Well, that was her reaction. She was disgusted by the age gap. But I was like, if I was thirty-one, what? 
I was 31, that's who I'd be talking to also. Sure. That's logical. <laughs> My wife's nine years younger than me. That's, I fucking, that's the exact same difference. Like <laughs> I was dating my wife. We weren't married yet. She was 22. I was 31. I was 30. She's my right. wife was 23 when we met. Yeah. So we're, that's, that, that's normal. That's where, that's where I'd be looking now at 43. <laughs> <laughs> totally different, totally different conversation, John. Yeah. But <laughs> nonetheless, all right, I have – I'm not under time crunch, but I haven't done any work today, so. Okay. Yeah, I got some guy coming over here, too, I think. Yeah, he let's do this. <laughs> Ready? <clears throat> <clears throat> shitty week. Totally shitty week. Perfect. Perfect. For you? Oh, man. I had some, no, it's what, it's what I expect. I mean, I don't – I had some stinkers on some of my teams. Oh, I, I'm low scoring a few. In, uh, in fucking Andy's league – uh, I, I don't know if it's supposed to be a playoff. I don't look at my nice. leagues. I just don't look at them ever. There's well, nothing you can do about it. So the, the the larger point here is I'm one in seventy. <laughs> oh, it's one of those. All right, now I gotta look. Fucking one gotta, in seventy. Now I gotta look standings. What division? I don't even remember what division I'm in. I think I'm in this one. I'm, I, oh, guess what? Oh, in seventy-one. Add a boy. Oh, suck. Uh, t- to my defense, and take it or leave it, I had Aaron Rodgers auto picked for me in like the fifth round when I never would have went anywhere near him or a quarterback in the fifth round. And then somehow I also had uh, Logan Thomas auto picked for me at like an unreasonable round too. So my team's not supposed to look like this, but when you have uh, Najee Harris and Aaron Jones as your. Running back duo. It's pretty much all she wrote. Yeah, I kind of went feaster fam. Because listen, I had AJ Brown and Jalen Waddle. They both did their part. Can't really complain about those guys. My tight ends didn't do shit. And Joku, Alberto, and uh, Logan, the aforementioned Logan Thomas didn't do shit. But yeah, I got seven point one points from Aaron Rodgers and a, a blistering fifteen point eight points from Trevor Lawrence, who I had to pick because I had stupid Aaron Rodgers. So I took him too early too. So that's my excuse story, and I'm sticking <clears> to <throat> it. All right, I'm I'm all for draft clocks, so I'm not going to complain that I timed out. I fucking hate the people that you get in the group chats and we're like, uh, so and so, you're on the clock. Oh, I know. Okay, now now I know you know. So make the fucking pick. Like, are you trading? You're doing something like that? And it was all these guys like. Settle down. The season's three weeks away. No, the draft fucking started last week. Does I don't care when the season starts. Like there should be a reasonable progression. If not, if I was a commission, you would see a clock come flying from the back door, banging people over the head. Okay, is this what you want to do? All right, you fucked it up for everyone. Now there's a now there's a clock. I fucking hate. People. I'm like, dude, if you're trading, sure. If you're literally just dragging your feet because you're like thinking like. There's going to be some breaking news in the next 24 hours that might change your pick. Go fuck yourself. Just play redraft. I, I don't know. I'm torn. I went from fucking being, ah! being a maniac, taking my cheat sheets every time I left the house you're, and you're literally a- pulling a- over on the road. I'm on the clock. I would pull over on the fucking highway <laughs> and flipping through sheets in my passenger seat and making a pick. That's too far the other way. <laughs> Correct. I, that but, I agree with. 
And and now I'm like, if I'm or if it's convenient for me, I do it. But now I'm like, oh, I'm on the clock. And I'm like, well, I got this. Listen, I don't bowl the cereal. I was I'm thinking gonna, about eating. I'm like you. It's not like the second I get the MFL notice that I'm on the clock. I'm not rushing to make the pick, but I'm also not intentionally avoiding it anymore. So to your point, yeah, it doesn't have to be instantaneous, but it's like within a reasonable frame of time, you know, like you shouldn't just kill a whole draft day because you got on the clock at fucking 6 a.m. and there's there's no draft clock. No, that's 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 when I've had it. Had, not this man, sir. Not today. I will fucking let you hear it. I don't give a shit. Probably just injury shit. Uh, Aaron Rodgers expresses yeah. anger over Novad Djokovic not being able to compete at the U.S. Open. That's 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 what he's unhappy about today. There you go. Not the fact that it made look like an, him and the Packers look like an absolute disaster against the going to win the division. Oh, Minnesota Skull Vikings. It skull fucked the shit out of them. In short order. Give me one second. I have a little piece of paper. Where did I drop it? Oh, no. Not the little piece of paper. fell out of my pocket. I knew I forgot to pick it up. Two things. The way you kind of like scampered off was hilarious. And two, it actually gave me the time to look down and see your text reply to me that I literally was watching you write before you let me into the chat. <laughs> I saw you. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. All right. So quick, quick recap. Talk about snaps and routes and targets and all that shit. Then a look to the future. Yeah, that should be fun. I have uh, four guys. I got three. Probably going to be two of the same guys. Is, is it possible? Is it likely? I mean, it's hard to do. We got to go. Yeah. We're assuming. the <clears throat> Worst case a week from now. Actually, I got a fourth general thing to add. Okay. Ready? 